it's so funny. It is a lot like dating. It's like when you're a little too thirsty for someone, like <laughs> the person isn't interested. Like you have to like leave a bit of mystery. Hello, we are here with Sun Sounds of Arizona in Flagstaff, Arizona, and welcome to episode 25 of Untamed Shrews, Women Talk Theater, presented by the Flagstaff Shakespeare Festival. I'm Hannah. And I'm Becky. And I'm Dawn. Welcome to our January episode, which just so happens to be our two-year anniversary. Woo! Ow, ow! We did it! We made it! Wow. <laughs> also Very exciting. 25 yeah. episodes. Wait, how did That's... we do 25 episodes in two years? Did we, did we double up one month? <laughs> well, well but now this it's... will be the mm-hmm. oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. like... yeah, we didn't start at zero. Like we started at one. One. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I see. Yeah. I see how it happened. <laughs> <Math>. <laughs> like, I, was just... I know we need we need to do something we need to i'll make a cake yeah, yeah. Make a, okay you make a cake hannah i'll yeah. make a cake yeah we, we need to all make a cake for... hannah hannah you make a cake <laughs> yeah. I, I won't make a cake yeah that's ridiculous that's, that's what i do <laughs> but we did go to dinner yeah. for our 10 episode because remember like going oh, yeah. past 10 was like a huge feat so we should yeah. like do oh, something yeah. And I was super pregnant. All I ate was a yes. huge glass of milk. Yes. <laughs> you ordered, I think, like a singular meatball. Oh, yeah. A and a glass of milk. Oh, my God. Pregnancy is yes. <laughs> A singular meatball and a glass of milk. <laughs> like, please don't touch me, everybody. <laughs> Went to like a oh, big Italian so restaurant and I got a glass of milk and a meatball. The title of uh, your autobiography, A Singular <laughs> and a Glass of Milk. <laughs> One meatball and a glass of milk. Double Tucker story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should definitely do something fun like that again, like go out or yeah. whatever. Yeah. 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 Great. Well, happy two years, my shrews. Yay. Happy two Yay. years. Well, so much has happened. Yeah. Speaking of, let's yeah. check in. What has happened <laughs> since the last time we chatted? Um, with our shrew crew uh in december what's new well hannah you went to the bahamas Bahamas. <laughs> oh my gosh guys my last three weeks of my life have been insane like what yeah. is happening who am i where am i i don't know where i live and what i'm doing anymore <laughs> um the bahamas was amazing uh i had been so i left new york when, which was so sad. Um, saying goodbye to the the New York crew was really hard. Yeah, and the Bahamas was amazing. I was there for like eight days. Um, I went for the Shakespeare Theater Association conference, and it was such a blast. Um, normally, I would have never probably done a vacation like that because it was at the Atlantis, which is just <laughs> crazy and expensive and really fancy. And it's a resort, which is just not... I'm more of like an Airbnb kind of gal when I go on vacations and I like to do more like the local sides of things. I'm not really like an all-inclusive resort kind of person. 
So it was definitely interesting, but it was beautiful. I mean, laying by the pool, being on the beach, I got to see so many different marine animals because basically the Atlantis is like also an aquarium and Sta itself was awesome as it always is. Um, I got to see friends that I had made last year who I stayed close with. Like there's like a group of like four or five of us that have stayed close throughout the year and have visited each other and seen each other. And we get on zooms like every month. And so that was amazing seeing them and also just like continuing to create some stronger connections with other Shakespeare theaters and people from other Shakespeare theaters. So that was great. But the Bahamas itself was amazing. Um, got a stamp in my passport. Um, but it was gorgeous. Yeah, it was so great. I mean, I, I will say though, now that I'm back in Arizona, I feel like a dried prune because <laughs> I visited the Bahamas and it was like 80 degrees and like, you know, so humid. An island. <laughs> yeah, an island. And now I've come back and it's January in Flagstaff and I'm like, I can't breathe. Um, so yeah. I'm going to need to drink a lot of water. Um, yeah. but yeah, Bahamas was great. Uh, Christmas and the end of December was a little crazy. Um, I no longer have a boyfriend. <laughs> um, yeah, things have, a lot of things changed in December. Um, some good, mostly good, actually. I will say good. It was tough at the time, but all very good ultimately. I think that I was, yeah, I I had I had really big ideas for what my life was gonna look like, and now it's changing a lot. Um, so I just had to come to terms with that. But once I did, I realized that that was not a bad thing. So lots of change coming and, um, but good, but it was a really tough Christmas. I'm not going to lie, but I got to see my family, which was amazing. And, uh, finished up my time in New York, which was sad, but so fun. New Year's Eve was great. Um, (laughs) so anyway, yeah, that's me. (laughs) Things are kind of crazy in my world, but Hey, we'll figure it out. Yeah. 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 How about you, Bex? That's great. Uh, well, we're so glad to have you back, Hannah. We missed yeah. you. Yeah. Welcome Thank back to Flag. <laughs> um, so since recording, I had my surgery, um, which I was pretty distraught um, at the time that we were recording. Um, and then I ended up, um, so my brother and my sister were visiting my parents back in Philly um, one of the weekends in December. And I decided to stay in Flagstaff um, or, well, originally I had decided to stay in Flagstaff for that weekend because there were like a lot of things that I wanted to do in town. Um, And then like just coupled with like needing to make a decision and everyone being home and like me not being there um, within like five hours of deciding to go home, I was on a plane in Phoenix going home for that weekend. And I am so grateful that I did it. Um, It was so great seeing everybody. Um, and I really just needed to like talk in person, like to my family, you know? Um, so once I made a decision, I felt so much better. Um, I'm now on the other side of surgery and wow, do I feel like 
surprisingly good. I did not think I would feel this good, um, <laughs> like a week out. <laughs> um, yeah, and I just, you were so like, up and Adam. Yeah, yeah, I just, I feel really good. Um, two people were like, you look relieved. And I'm like, I am like, <laughs> wow. I, I mean, I've never had like a major surgery before and that was a big one. <laughs> so yeah, I'm feeling good. Like there are, of, there are of course still like other worries that I have but at least like at this point I'm like physically at least we're feeling good um yeah I guess that's kind of my biggest update yeah I which don't know. is great yeah yeah thank you <laughs> I'm so glad you feel relieved and also I'm glad that you're so you're feeling good like I yeah. texted you like a day after the surgery on your birthday <laughs> And I was like, what are you up to today? And I thought you were going to be like, breakfast in bed. And I'm not feeling super well, but you yeah. listed off like six things you did that day. And I was like, yeah. what? Yeah, I was super surprised. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's great. I'll take the blessings where I can. So yeah. Yay. <laughs> and Dawn, how are you doing? I, I'm fine. I'm just momming, you know, that's really, it's so weird. It's like, I feel like I finally got it all kind of like figured out and I have some like good childcare in place. And, um, now I'm just driving myself entirely crazy trying to decide if I should have another baby, which was like oh my God. never on my radar. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going out Done. of my mind, Hannah. Guys. <laughs> In the Shrew crew, usually we know the things that are going to come out of each other's mouths. <laughs> this is a new one. <laughs> it's a new one for me, too. I'm shocked yeah, and surprised yeah. also. But it's literally the only thing I ever think about. And it's like totally like 180 degree turn every time. I'm like, yeah. I have to have another baby. There's no way I'm ever having another baby. I have to have yeah. another baby. I'm never having another yeah. baby. <laughs> so it's really intense. I don't know how people decide to have a second baby. Like, it's yeah. just so crazy. Cause those, like that early stuff is so hard. I was so certain I would never want another baby. And now like, he's so much fun. And like, I finally oh. kind of like figured shit out and I'm like, okay, like, I think I want yeah. a baby, but I also I hate being pregnant. I hated postpartum. I hated yeah. so yeah, so that's like where I'm at. That's mostly what I spend a lot of my time thinking about. My other big update is I just have to say that a lot of people have approached me after the uh burnout episode and been like, Are you okay? And I just want to say like that actually that episode was super cathartic for me. Yeah. I don't know how oh, you guys felt, but almost as soon as we did it, I was like Ah, oh, like nice. Yeah. Like that's done, and I feel good, and I'm glad we said it all, and I'm glad we like got it all out there and talked about it. Um, because I just think you know, like some of it was just like building up, like a lot of pressure building up, yeah. and somehow, like you know, even though like we had you, like we had all talked individually, and I had talked to a lot of my friends and family about how I was feeling somehow like talking to the true crew about it, like doing it on the podcast was super cathartic. Great. And I really am feeling like better and more invigorated. And also like huge shout out just to, you know, um, Justice who joined our team. Uh, like, I feel like he really is just like, he's taking on the job and he's bringing a lot of fresh energy. And I think that's super helpful too. Like when you have, you know, turnover can be scary and like 
we adored Amy and did not want to see Amy go. And Amy's still definitely like part of the flag shakes team and will keep working with us. But, but having some, someone new come in with like a whole fresh perspective and like different ideas. And, you know, we were just, we've been talking about venues and we've been talking about stuff and like justice will just suddenly pop in with an idea that it's like, what? Of course. Like that's the best idea. Why, why didn't I think of that idea? Like sometimes you just need new perspective and new ideas and new thoughts on things. Um, and so that's really awesome. And I'm chatting with Amy like next week, just to see about like how we're going to keep her involved. So just feels really good. Like the team is, you know, like strong and coming together and filled with enthusiasm. So I think that's I, I agree. The episode was very cathartic because we had been like texting afterwards and we're like, whew, that was a lot. <laughs> and yeah. um, basically, you know, we needed it so badly. We needed to just be like, these are all of my thoughts yeah. and feelings, good, <laughs> bad, ugly. But honestly, it was like really the, t- like, it was kind of a tipping point for me yeah. because the week after we recorded that episode is when like everything went down for me. So it was definitely like a, I don't know, it was like a verbal process so that that following week I was like, no. (laughs) And I made a lot of changes that following week that uh, were, you know, trying to put myself on a better path when it comes to my career and my personal life and what I want and what I'll put up with and what I won't. And so it really was like a precursor to some huge life changes I was hoping we would get more reach outs about like people feeling the same way like I'm really glad that people reached out to check on you but (laughs) I haven't received anyone saying like I feel the same way so if you are listening now and you haven't listened to burnout or if you have and you're feeling the same way I am still curious to hear from you because um I just want to know other people's experiences and I was expecting people to be like, wow, I feel this way too. I got a couple comments and stuff, but nothing like super particular. So it like ebbs and flows, I guess, you know, like we're feeling great. Like maybe that's when other people are like, whoa, I need to take a step back. Like, yeah. and you know, <sighs> good. Well, you're having another baby. That's crazy. Well, I'm, maybe. I'm not having another baby. <laughs> also, you heard it here is, first, folks. My uterus <laughs> is not fully in a position to have another baby yet. So the first step <laughs> is just going to a doctor and being like, what's going on in my uterus? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm not ready. seeing all the gory details with the shoe crew and they don't need to hear all the gory details. <laughs> but just the basics is first, I have to see if my uterus is willing to have another baby. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if anyone out there with people on the street crew who either did or did not have multiple babies, please tell me how you decided what to do. <laughs> please reach out to me and be like, this is the decision I finally made because I'm, yeah, I'm going out of my mind. It's <laughs> yeah. With Blake, it's just so clear. So I don't, you know, like I didn't have this experience. I was just like, I need to have a baby. I'm going to have a baby. Sean, we're going to have a baby. And he was like, whoa, I don't know. And then he was like, okay. And so then we had a baby. (laughs) And now I'm like, we're going to have a baby. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, we're not going to have a baby. He's like, okay. (laughs) Well, that's great though. He's happy either way. And that is all you can ask for in a husband. I mean, honestly, like he, he, you know, embodies a lot of what 
you know, the tenets of like true feminism are. He's like, it's your body. Like you want to have a baby, have a baby. Don't have a baby, don't have a baby. And like yeah. he's, yeah, he's totally game for it either way. And yeah, mostly what he says to me now is I'll be like, we're going to have a baby. And he's like, well, it sounds like you made up your mind. And then I'll be like, I'm not going to have a baby. And he'll be like, sounds like you made up your mind. This <laughs> was going to change in 10 seconds. That's so funny. <laughs> Nice. So, yeah, but no, he's great. He's kind of to recommend a man who just supports whatever your choices with your uterus are. Like, that's the 10 guy. 10 out of 10 would yeah. recommend Sean go lightly as a husband. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would for yeah. me. But, I'm, I'm, but not for no anyone else, else, of course. Sorry, no one else gets Sean. Oh, well, great. it seems like we are just generally in much better spirits this month. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was the holidays. It was kind of I yeah. It, I think yeah. we all sort of went through a lot in the last few weeks. So I'm really glad that we're feeling a little bit better. I mean, none of us have answers, but at least we feel better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's part of it. Like yeah. coming out of those winter blues, I guess. Uh, okay. Well. Then let's jump right in on the topic of the episode today, which is about auditioning. And it seemed like the perfect time to talk about it. It is audition season. Um, January through March-ish seems to be sort of the general, the general time. So I feel, I hope that this is a helpful episode for anyone who's gearing up for audition season. Let's just get into it. Just to start off yeah. silly, does anyone have a horror audition story? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So it it was 2018 and I was kind of like just getting back into auditioning um, after doing uh, the West Side and kind of like a couple of years, like primarily as a stage manager. And I went up to New York and I was like crashing on, um, I was living in Philly at the time and I crashed on a friend's couch for a couple days to like really hit the pavement of going to I mean I think I only did like three days of auditions but I I had at least like two that I wanted to try to get to each day type of thing and it was the night before and um he had just opened a show he was a sound designer so we were like at um, this party and this one gal was like oh like I was really lucky to book this I wasn't union but I got seen because the audition was in like June or something so not it wasn't like uh, a crazy amount of people yeah and I was like oh that's great like do you have any tips like I'm doing some stuff um this upcoming week she was like definitely get there like 5 a.m and I was like I'm sorry come again (laughs) like what that is stupid early Um, and so like, I did that for those three days and by Wednesday, my body was just like, what are you doing? We are not okay. Like you need to take a break. Uh Um, cause like, it's a lot of nerves and like, as an EMC member, um, like there's no guarantee that you'll get seen. And really like, there's no guarantee that you'll get seen even as a union member, um, at these auditions, but as somebody who's, um, EMC or non-union, like yeah, it's just, it's such a crapshoot. My last audition of the last day that I was planning to do it, and I was already so tired, and I got seen, which was so exciting. And the guy behind, so first of all, so it's, the auditions are in, um, like, these rehearsal rooms. So there's usually, like, a wall of mirrors, because it's also could be, like, a dance studio. 
this guy was sitting in front of this wall of mirrors and he kept the curtain open. So I am staring at myself during this audition, which is just the freaking worst. Like, (laughs) wow, I would rather look at anything else other than myself (laughs) during an audition. Um, So like, I, I was like, wow, that sucks. And then like, as soon as I start, he's shuffling papers. He's not looking at me. He's doing this. He's doing that. And I'm just like, this is the worst audition. Like this man is being so rude. And I'm like, what is it? Is it me? Like, is it because I'm non-union? Is it because the gallon before me, I was like, wow, she is gorgeous. And like, (laughs) I was like, wow, now I'm feeling like self-conscious about that. I'm just like, what is going on? And it was just the most horrible experience because I felt like I just couldn't get his attention when I was only in the room for like two minutes. And that was like my time, you know, like, that's what they say is like, your audition is your time. And I just feel like, yeah, it was just, it was so terrible. He was so rude. I mean, I I guess that's not like a horror story as, as horrible as it could be, but like, no, I agree. Sometimes you're like, dude, yeah. Like look at my resume, like maybe glance at my resume to see what I've done or something. But like, if you don't look at me, I understand that you can like tell a lot about a person by their voice, but like, look at me, like, yeah, yeah I don't know. I agree. I, I think try to give any time that I've been on the other side of the table, I really try to give as much of myself to them as possible. And I try to laugh and giggle yeah. and smile because you're only going to give me a better performance if I am giving you something back. So, yeah. uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. That sucks. And I feel like that's pretty common. Yeah. You like know, they just they don't write attention. you off before. Yeah. Before you get a chance yeah. to even like prove yourself. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I have like a traditional horror story in the fact that like, yeah, I mean, of, of course I've like cracked a high note or something, but nothing like so bad that like I ran out in tears or something. Like, how about you, Don? Yeah, I can't, I can't think of one that's so awful, but honestly, like I stopped auditioning a long time ago. Um, I don't think I've done an audition. I haven't auditioned since I moved to Flagstaff. Um, you know, my, like my whole world just took like a hard right turn kind of. Um, but I, I remember too, in college, you know, when we would talk about like different types of theater, Uh, you know, the professors being like, you do have to decide if what you want to do is spend the rest of your life acting or the rest of your life auditioning. And I was like, oh shit. Like, I don't want to spend the rest of my life auditioning. Um, Cause I just, I just hate it. And so, um, you know, like I have so much respect for both of you and for a lot of the actors who I know, but I also see actors who get caught in the cycle. So, I mean, I have two really good friends who are in LA, not, friend of the podcast, um, Trey Peace, <laughs> different <laughs> friend. Um, yeah. but I have two friends who've been in LA probably for over a decade now. And I invite them constantly. I'm like, come to a show, come direct a show, come act in a show. They're both amazing performers. And every time it's no, it's premiere season. No, I just signed up for an acting class. Mm-hmm. No, it's, but neither of them has worked since they got there. And it's like, I, I appreciate the hustle. I appreciate people who want to put their effort into the hustle. Um, I just have no desire to do it. Um, so I, I mean, I did it definitely in grad school. 
out of grad school. But once I started working, I just kind of kept working like in the circle where I was getting work. Um, and then once I decided that I wanted yeah. to be in Flagstaff doing Shakespeare, then the only option was to start my own company. <laughs> so I started my own company. Um, and, you yeah. know, that that becomes awkward, too. I, you know, I, I've been in less and less shows specifically because it feels weird. It feels like I'm casting myself. It feels like now that we have a casting director, it's a little better. But I, I would honestly have to audition for Raquel. Raquel hasn't ever seen me act. <laughs> so that would Whoa. be... <laughs> Hey Raquel, I'm going to audition for you. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. My, you know, <laughs> my sphere kind of moved away from it after, um, you know, Fool for Love was really the last thing I did. So I don't know. I just have the same like drive or desire. Yeah. Well, so now that you're on the, the other side of the table, as they mm-hmm. call it, do you find, and now I'm, I guess, switching maybe the meaning of like a bad audition, but like, do you, so growing up or being in college like uh directors and like our teachers were always like when you go into an audition like the casting directors will they'll remember the really great auditions they'll remember the really bad auditions but if you're somewhere in the middle like they might not and they probably won't like remember you do you find Uh, that like does that ring true to you like being on the casting side of of the table yeah, I mean, I would I would definitely put less emphasis on the really bad auditions. I mean, they're painful in the moment. I think the thing about being on the other side of the table, and this was like really profound advice to me as an actor and also as someone doing the auditioning is like the person you're auditioning for really wants you to be the one. Like yeah. they want you to walk in yeah. and nail it and be who they're looking for. So, you know, it's like, we're not on the other side of the table going, you know, like, oh, that was terrible. Like, and we're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> hopefully the next one is better. Do you know what I mean? And like, but I would say yeah. like the really awful yeah. ones that I've seen are honestly when people are trying too hard to be remembered. Like when you can tell that they like put in a piece of blocking because they thought it was edgy or they, you know, made a choice against text because they thought it would be you know surprising and it's like those are usually the auditions where you're just like oh no like I I just want to see you be you like the actor that you are and I don't want you to worry about being mediocre like that's the last thing I want actors to worry about because if they're worried about being mediocre and so they're making choices just to not be in that group of people that's always the worst auditions I see intuitive yeah yeah it's super counterintuitive so yeah so I don't know that would be my that would be my only thing and I would also say that you know like um personality counts for a huge chunk of it so just walk in there and also be yourself don't be you know hi it's it's just like dating right it's like don't try too hard don't try to be somebody else just like come in the room be who you are yeah um you know and I'm sure we've talked about this on the podcast too but like be persistent, you know, like that's how Hannah ended up here. And thank God, like she was persistent and we were a new company. And so (laughs) everything was just like flying over my radar because I had so much on my plate, except Hannah, who just kept emailing me like, have you made a decision yet? And I was like, oh, um, (laughs) you. (laughs) Well, just sure. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, I've heard being politely aggressive like checking in like if you haven't heard back you could be like hey wanted to check in like 
yeah, see where you are. Like best of luck with casting. Like, yeah, put the human first. Like we're all human. So like when you email somebody, like it's an actual, or when you call somebody or when you're in the room, like it is an actual real human being (laughs) who is like receiving whatever you're giving, but like to just like be persistent. Yeah. Like what you said. Yeah. I think, so I think if I had like a worst audition story, it would actually be right out of grad school. I was auditioning for a Shakespeare company that shall remain unnamed because we know them well now. Um, and I had, I had like a fabulous audition actually, and several callbacks. And like, I went to the city where they were to do this audition, to have the callbacks. Um, it was a great audition. It was great callbacks. I really enjoyed my time. They were so positive. Like, they essentially offered, you know, like the, when I left there, I thought I'm going to get an email in two days being offered this part. Yeah. And instead, yeah. And instead I got an email about a week later that was like, well, um, since we can't pay you enough money, like, since we can't pay you what you would want for this part, um, you know, we went ahead and offered it to someone else. And I was like, hey, <gasps> you didn't ask me if I would take what you had to offer. Like we had never had a conversation about money. Um, and it was both an audition and it was like also a job. So it was like, you know, like a part-time position plus some acting work. And I was like, yeah, but you didn't even ask. And I was heartbroken. Um, because I was like, I really wanted the job. I really wanted to live in that city for a while. I was, you know, like I've always been good at like piecing things together and making money work and whatever. And I was just like, you didn't even ask. Um, so I think that was probably the worst audition I ever had. I just left on such a high. I felt so certain it was going to happen. And then it was like, oh no, we can't pay you what you're worth. And I was like, well, probably not, but let me decide. Like, you know, you probably can't pay me what I'm worth, but let me decide if I'm willing to take the work for what you can offer. So I think that was a good lesson too. Like from the other side of the table is now I'll often think that I'll think like, this isn't what this person is worth, but I'm going to let them say no to me. I think I have my worst auditions. I don't have like a specific time, but I think my worst auditions have been is like times that I've gone in trying to be someone I wasn't Mm -hmm. um, or trying to like people please. So like something that was huge when I was in college and in my young twenties was like, I apologized for taking up space. I was like apologizing for even auditioning. Like, And I mean, that I think just takes growing up. Like now I'm 27, I am confident in myself and my abilities and I'm just a different human being. But I chose songs I thought I should sing. I chose pieces I thought I should do. I, you know, was like fake in the room because I was trying to be someone that I thought they would want me to be. And they saw right through that. Just like how Don said, like when you're trying mm-hmm. too hard, like it's so funny. It is a lot like dating. It's like when you're a little too thirsty for someone, like <laughs> the person isn't interested. Like you have to like leave a bit of mystery. And what makes a bad audition is like cheesiness, like mm-hmm. cringiness. Like whenever Being I've watched, fake. you know, yeah, when I've watched like the, what I consider the worst auditions or the auditions that I've done are the worst or like, yeah, the ones where you're like, you don't need a prop. You don't need all this 
extraneous stuff if you're a good actor and you're being truthful like strip away all of the shit like focus really hard on your text and your like preparedness and I think you can let go of whether or not you're standing center stage sitting on a chair holding a prop sipping out of a cup doing this doing that like Mm -hmm. you just don't need that stuff and for like those of us on the other side of the table it's cringy like it feels like you're trying too hard and I'm saying this out of like with so much love because I absolutely did that when I was younger like I thought too hard about it. I was like, okay, well, I can't do Helena because Helena has been overdone. It's like, no, I don't care. On the other side of the table, I don't care if you did Helena and so did the five girls before you. If you rocked Helena, I will notice. Like, it does not matter if you did Juliet or if you did this or if you did some obscure (laughs) thing do a piece that you connect with Mm -hmm. and I can tell if you don't. And that's what I consider like the worst auditions is like, and also also, of course preparedness. Like my worst auditions have been the times that I wasn't prepared. One of the things that like, I remember my university taught me was control what you can control. So like, and for me, like with preparedness, like if I am putting together my headshot and resume day of, I'm already like out of my mind. Like I can't, like if I need to go print my headshot before the audition, oh, like, wow. So like stuff like that, like if you're driving, like add an extra 10, 20 minutes because there's going to be traffic. So I, a couple of years ago, right when, um, oh, what's that book called? 50 Shades of Grey came out. Um, (laughs) Somebody, yeah. Somebody was telling me that they went to one of the like mass audition conferences And for their like 30 seconds that you get to do your piece, the monologue that she chose was from Fifty Shades of Grey. And she's like, it killed as it was stuff that like they weren't expecting. And I mean, she was like a very quirky gal, gal. So like, I think it really worked. But I was like, that's brilliant. I never, ever would have thought to bring in a piece that wasn't um, a play from like a a play. Yeah. Yeah, And like, and she was like, your audition you can do whatever you want yeah Yeah, I would say that goes along with what Hannah was saying like I completely agree as long as as long as you're not choosing the piece kind of like I was saying to be edgy or like to stand out yeah choose something that really connects to you I don't care if I've if it's from a book I don't care if I've never seen it before I don't care if the last six people did it like I just want you (laughs) to do something that you chose I think for me, what also makes a good audition is the person comes in comfortable. Like, don't wear something you wouldn't normally wear. Don't wear something that, you know, is either too much in character or too, like, polished and professional so that you're uncomfortable and stiff and I can't see your character. There's, yeah. I, I, I've seen great auditions in yoga pants and I've seen great auditions in stilettos. Like, I don't care yeah. what you're wearing. I don't give a shit. Someone will put you in a costume anyway. Yeah. Like you're yeah. not costuming yourself. And I feel like when I was in undergrad, so much emphasis was put on that. I think we talked about this what in the podcast, like in a different way before, but like, yeah. You know, I was once told that you could not audition in pants. You had to audition in a skirt yeah. and pants. 
And I'm like, no, thank you. Like I have, like, don't have your, like, don't do something that'll make your auditioner uncomfortable. Like, yeah. Like, you know, keep that, yeah. keep all the bits covered. Like, do, like don't, you know, like don't make anyone feel awkward, but like outside of that, like you should really just, you know, like you should dress like you want to dress, like makes you comfortable in the character. And you know, that to me makes a good audition. Yeah. Picking a piece you love makes a good audition. I don't know. And I always felt this pressure too to keep choosing new pieces. And it's like, I'm not sure why I felt mm-hmm. that. Like I have two contemporary yeah. pieces that I just love. And I have two, you know, like um uh, uh why can't I think of what we do? Classical pieces. Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Um yeah. yeah. So it's like, why not just keep doing them? Who cares? It's, you know, it's different auditioners. And if you connect yeah. to them, um, then it's, it's hard enough to find a piece. It's like, just keep doing what you want to do, but you know, like don't do something that's clearly outside of your experience. I think that's another hard thing as an auditioner is, you know, when you have an 18 year old auditioning and they're doing a piece that's like clearly written for a 55 year old woman. And it's like, yeah, you know, that's, that usually pushes on like trying too hard also. And it's like, save that yeah. one, like save it for when you're 55. There aren't enough roles for 55 year old women, like, but put it in your yeah. back pocket. And, like, <laughs> keep doing something else. And then advice yeah. I got once was to like, have a wild card, like have a monologue that is a character that you would never get to perform, that you would never get to audition for, but you just freaking love the monologue and just have it in your back pocket. And if they ask for another piece, be like, well, I've got this, like, I've got this oddball one. What do you think? (laughs) And see if they want to hear it. And like, you know, that can be really fun too and can bring out something different in the audition room. My last thing for a good audition is take notes. Like if they give you a note and they ask to hear it again, do not do the same thing. Like something, even if you felt like you didn't fully understand the note, even if you completely disagree with the note, just (laughs) they just want to see if you're directable. They're not going to ask you to do Othello with a New Jersey accent, hopefully, but like if that's (laughs) what they ask for and you don't know what that sounds like and you don't think it's correct for the character, it doesn't matter. Do your best. Just do it. Yeah. You also don't know. They might be asking you that because they have a show that's maybe later in their season. You don't even know they're doing. Yeah. And they're like, wait a minute. He came in for Othello, but I could really see him as blank. Oh, and don't lie. Sorry, that's my last one. Don't yes. lie. Never lie. Never yeah. lie. Yeah. Audition. Oh. yeah, be truthful <laughs> on your resume. Yes. Yeah. Careful on your resume. Oh, and don't put shit on your resume also to stand out. That's the other thing. I think that's probably the most important thing to me is like, if you put that you can like, you know, I don't know, people put the stupidest shit in their special skills. Yeah. They're like good at flirting with women. I'm like, go to hell. Like, yeah, like okay, you know, crossing him off the list. Oh, yeah. so hard crossing him off the list. It's like I don't, I don't need some quirky thing about you to remember you. Like, do a good audition. <laughs> yeah. Um, just to go back to your like mention of a wild card. Um, that's something that shows personality. And wow, is that something that like auditioners want to see? Because like, an audition like. 
a day of auditions can kind of just be like a repeat of, hi, I'm blah, blah, blah. This is what I'm doing. Here are my pieces. Thank you. Bye. Hi, I'm blah, blah, blah. Like, so to have like a wild card, um, yeah, it's just such a good idea. Um, I would also just like to say that I did not intend to do this, but on a couple, on two occasions, I think it was, I've slated the wrong uh, monologues that I was doing. And in my mind, I was like, I'll just keep going. They'll never know. And then I'm like, I'm already out of my head. I just need to say it. And so I was like, oops, actually, that's not what I'm doing. Here is what I'm doing. And for one of those, I did actually get a callback or like, I may have been gotten an offer that I couldn't take, but I was just like, oh my God, I'm such a dodo. I told it to my friends like later that night and they're like, what? And I was like, oh God. Oh no. Oh fuck. (laughs) But like, yeah. And then like, I know somebody who's like tripped, like on their way into the audition (laughs) room. They're like, ah, sorry. Like, hi, I'm whatever. And like, yeah. Casting directors were like, we got to see a bit of your personality. So I don't know, like mistakes can be good. (laughs) Yeah. It just doesn't matter. Again, you can, I can tell if you're a real human or not. And you accidentally flubbing a line. Like, I mean, Don and I can attest to this. We have hired plenty of people who screwed up, who were late to their audition, who like got the timeline wrong because they were from Alabama and we were on Arizona time and they ended up being accidentally three out. You know, like, again, if you're a real human and we can tell that you are a good person who has talent, like screw ups are okay. Like, I mean, obviously like try your best not to be late, try your best not to do those things. But like, it's really all in how you handle it that matters then they will look past the trip or the whatever, or the forgotten resume or whatever it is. Like, again, try your best not to do those things. (laughs) Like Becky said, like control what you can control, but also you're a human. So things will happen. Well, people, I mean, people make mistakes on stage and things go wrong on stage. And like, it's more than just seeing your personality, like seeing how you respond to something out of your control happening while you're acting is actually like a great test. It's, I mean, especially for a theater company like ours, right? Where you do outdoor theater. Mm -hmm. I love the idea of seeing something outside of that person's control happen. And how do they continue as an actor? How do they respond as an actor? Because if they can't, like just keep going if they can't get back into the moment then you know you're gonna have trouble on stage too right but if they're like oops I fell and like here I keep going it's like great (laughs) wonderful that's what I wanted to see so I think yeah it shows personality but also shows perseverance so it's like Mm -hmm. I would never dismiss an actor because they slated wrong ever I would never be like oh not that person like yeah. from the other side of the table, I do not care. Like, sure. just don't care. It just yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. But yeah. as an actor, you're telling yourself like it matters so much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'd rather see. I did, would definitely though rather see you reslate because I want to know that you know Your where pieces. that came from. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be like. Also- oh know the play that your piece is from dear god in heaven know what the play is about read the play watch the play watch the movie i don't care know who you're talking to and know the context of the monologue in the play a hundred percent yeah read the play (laughs) read the spark notes watch the movie i don't care who you are 
Exactly. Know who you are, know who the person you're talking to is, know where you are, (laughs) know what you want. Yeah. So similarly, like, um, we've talked a lot about just like auditioning in general, but we've been focusing more on like in-person auditions. Mm -hmm. So I think this all applies to video auditions as well. Like again, props, costumes, those are all extraneous things, but what are things that we've have stood out to us when it comes to self tapes? For me, again, I don't care if your wall is blank. I don't care if you have a perfect green screen behind you. Like that is nice and it looks professional. And of course I wanna be able to see you and hear you well, but if there's a picture behind you or if there's a dresser behind you or whatever, like I just don't really care about that. I really care more about, are you a good actor? Like, again, is it, does it feel truthful? So I feel like a lot of people get bogged down, especially with self tapes of like, oh, well, like I don't have the time to put up a sheet today and like fix all this perfect lighting and then like edit in all these fancy transitions. And it's like, just get it to me. Like I would much rather see it, you know, like it doesn't have to be perfect, especially if you're traveling or if you you know, if you're the kind of person who is on contract, like you're not going to always have a perfect self tape setup at all moments. So, but something that Becky taught me that I have taken into my self tape journey <laughs> is give yourself three takes and three <laughs> takes only. So like you need to be prepared. So you need to know your piece or whatever, but when you go to actually film it, you get three takes. You're not going to change that much between one, three, seven, ten. <laughs> so you can't wait. Like you can't, you need to just get it out. So Becky always yeah. taught me you take three takes. Of course, <laughs> you know, if you flubbed it or something like you can disregard that take, but you get three yeah. takes. It's only going to change ever so slightly. Your hand is here. Your hand is there, but you got to do it. Like this is business. This is like you just need to get it out. So I never did that. I would take 40 takes of a monologue <laughs> and then I would like sit and watch that monologue like, All 40, 40 yeah. times and it would take me like an, you know, three hours just to film it. And then I would need to edit it and get it out. And it was just, it's just too much. It's not going to change. <laughs> Um, yeah. which is something I learned from you. So thank you. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. I, it's it's a rule that I also give myself grace for <laughs> you know sometimes I'm like yeah. seven eight takes <laughs> and then but like because I'm like oh the next one like I'll nail that one line and I'm like right. okay but is it going to be that much different and right you know nine times out of ten like they're never going to know that like oh wow that one line you know um yeah. I do I do kind of disagree with the uh like like having like a blank wall and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, like, yes, like you as the actor are the most important thing in the video, but I do think, and maybe like, this is as you kind of go, maybe like up the ladder or whatnot, or maybe that's not the right word, but like, I don't know if you're submitting for Broadway, like I think having like a clean, you know, background and stuff is, is important. Cause I think that's, what the majority of people are going to be submitting. So it might, whoever is looking at it might be like, oh, like that's different. I just mean that like, 
if it's the difference between you doing the audition or not, like do it. Like if you don't have access to the perfect setup that day, Mm -hmm. but you have to get it out, like let that go. And again, control what you can control. If you can, please do. But if you can't, it's better to get the audition out because you just don't know. I agree. If you can, you should. I think for me, like, yeah, I also don't, well, I really don't care, but I'm obviously, I'm casting regional theater. The thing that, the thing that matters to me is, did you show me in the video that you can do theater? Because if all you showed me is that you can do film, I'm skeptical. So like, I would say if you're filming an audition that is for theater, get your whole body in the shot, use the whole room that you're in. Because I want to see that you can fill a room. I want to see that you can use your body. I want to see that, like, when I get you on stage, you're not going to be too quiet for the audience to hear. You're not going to be too subtle for the audience to understand. Like, that's the hardest thing for me with self-tapes is that theater and film are very, very, very different beasts. And so, like, in what way have you shown me in your video that you can do theater? So true. Yeah. Yeah do follow the parameters. So if, if the company specified, I want shoulder and up, please send them shoulder and up. If they specified under two minutes, again, good Lord, keep it under two minutes. And that's actually an advice I have is if they don't specify time, shorter, 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 like, this is a five minute long audition reel. I knew within 30 seconds if I liked you or not. Like if you can keep your monologue like under 16 lines, like please do like one minute each 32 bars of a song, like so quick. Like if your, if your audition video is a minute and 53 seconds, wow. Yes, please. (laughs) Like I love that. I want it to be quick because again, if you're good, that's all I need. Yeah. And well, if I, and need if I want to see more, I'll yeah. ask for more. Exactly. That's what yeah. I was just going to say. I'll call yeah. you back. Yeah. But I mean, don't, don't kill yourself making a five minute video. And, yeah. and, and the thing is we can see the timestamp when we start it, and it's not a good foot to start on. Like if we open it up and it says five minutes, yeah. everyone in the room is going to groan and you, you're always <laughs> on that foot. Just send just send your email and say, if there's anything else you want to see, let me know. Here's my 30 second audition. Like I don't care how long it is. Because is right. A lot of, you know, we try to honor the tapes that come in and watch the tapes that come in, but it's like most of the time we can tell in the first 15 seconds, if we want to see the rest of the tape or if we don't want to see the rest of the tape. So yeah, just cut yourself a break too. And, you know, do everyone in the audition room a favor also. But, and then I guess my only other advice would be like, run it past someone. Like if you have time to have someone watch it, please have someone watch it. Yeah. If someone else, some of the best audition tapes I've seen, I could tell that they had someone else in the room with them. Mm. Like you could see they were making eye contact or the other person even had a one word answer or do you know what it like? Some of the best ones I've seen, it was really clear that there was another person there. And I think that, again, has to do with the fact that you're auditioning for theater, not film. So, like, are you connecting to another human being in your in your monologue? It can make a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. I've actually never thought about that. Yeah, same. I think it's kind of like, you know, how it is, like, having photos taken. Like, if we all go have photos taken together and we can, like, 
hype each other, each other up. Each other. And so like yeah. we're happier and our personalities come through more. I think it's similar. <laughs> it's like, you know, if your partner is in the room, like, you know, holding the camera or whatever. And so you have them to like, give you a little energy and a little bit of like pep. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Makes a big difference. I think that's good advice. Yeah. Sometimes it's scary. I, at least personally, I would rather perform in front of 500 people than one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one yeah. person is terrifying. <laughs> one person is a terrifying number of people to perform. In front yes. of. <laughs> I'll give you that. <laughs> Very scary. Yeah. But maybe you need it. Maybe you need to be a little scared. <laughs> <laughs> You need you know, a fire <laughs> under your ass, I guess. <laughs> Something I wanted to touch on with self-tapes, um, because I think prior to the pandemic, I would retape the same monologue, like for each audition. Or like yeah. if I was doing a batch, like I would I would sleep, like I would do the oh my God, what am I trying to say? I would do the monologue and then do a slate for each of the theaters which yeah. I do think um I do think is important or can be important if you have the time to like do a specific slate to that theater mm-hmm. um especially if they're asking for anything specific in the slate but um something that the pandemic taught me was like whoa 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 let me just record my monologues like have one recording and then that is what I send out like moving forward for the next couple months I do not need to re tape the same monologue for each new audition I think I agree as long as you do something in your email or in the YouTube link something that you send Mm -hmm. just needs to let them know that you know who the audition is for because Mm -hmm. what I will write off very quickly is someone who I can tell is just auditioning for everyone because I'm like well we're not going to get them like they don't want to come to Flagstaff They don't want to work for a Shakespeare theater. They don't like, as long as I can tell, like they knew they were auditioning for me and they really wanted to audition for me and they know something about my company, but I totally agree that can happen in the email. Send me the tape. I don't care if you slated for me or whatever, as long as in the email, you're like, Flagstaff looks so beautiful and I've always wanted to see the Grand Canyon or how cool to come across a woman run company. Yeah. Anything that lets me know that yeah. you know you're auditioning for me <laughs> is like that's gone. Also, I think I've already mentioned this on the podcast before, but I'm gonna mention again because I really do think it's important. Like if you can include in your email, not on your resume, in your email, if you can include an email address or two or three to people who are references for you so that all I have to do is like click on their email address to open a new email and say, hey, is Hannah Fonts actually like an agreeable person? And mm-hmm. they email me yeah. back and say like, yes, absolutely. You want her in the rehearsal room. That is worth so much to me because there might be 12 people who gave as good of auditions as you did but if I know you're an easier human to work with then I want to hire you instead and also along the lines with making it specific it can be as simple as you only recorded it once but re-upload it to YouTube with a with 17 different names so (laughs) you recorded it once but you upload it to YouTube with flag shakes Hannah fonts 2023 but yeah. they don't know that you recorded it 
for seven different companies, but you specifically, the name of the video is your name, the name of the company. And even if it doesn't have a specific slate, it looks very much like you recorded this for them. Because sometimes I'll open up a video from someone and the video is from two years ago. And it just says like contrasting Shakespeare. (laughs) And you're like, oh, so this is the one time you recorded videos you know, three seasons (laughs) ago, and you're just resending out this link every year. Yeah. I also think it is worth like every few months to refresh. So again, you learn a lot as you grow Mm -hmm. up and as you grow older and you do more shows. So even if you're doing the same pieces, a quick refresh, like a, a new a new recording of the same pieces. You're in new clothes. You look slightly different. You know, you've maybe brought something new that's different from six months ago. I think a refresh can be really good, but yeah, I think using the same pieces is the smart way to go. Like, um, I kind of re I like learn a new piece every few years just so that, you know, it's not stale, but then I will use that piece over and over and over again. And then you can whip it out at any moment. It's in the back of your mind. You know it word for word, backwards, forwards. You could do it with three accents. You could do it at the drop of a hat, you know, like it's just ready. (laughs) Yes. I keep a list of every audition that I've been to or like even like every email that I've sent. Um, Yeah. Well, really smart to a company. Yeah. So that this way and like, I'm like, okay, what was I submitting for? Like, what was the project? Mm -hmm. What was the character even? Um, I go as far as like, what was the pay scale? Like, where are they located? Um, Who did I email? Who was reviewing? like, et cetera, et cetera. What did I wear? Well, most importantly is like what I wore or sorry, what I showed them and who was in the room or who was I emailing? Because yeah. then now I can look back at last year's stuff and I can be like, Oh, did I email this company? Oh, I did. What did I send them? Oh, I sent them that. Okay. Maybe I'll send them my other like contemporary piece this time. Yeah. Or well, like, you- I think this is brilliant, Becky, because then you can get even more personal in like the email or whatever you resend and you can be like, Mm -hmm. Hey, it was, you know, my pleasure to send Stephanie this audition for this show (laughs) last year. I hope the show went really well this year. I'm auditioning for, do you know what, like anything that that, like personalizes it to let the theater company know that you're interested in them and the work they're producing, I think is a huge deal. And if you keep that spreadsheet, oh my gosh, that's brilliant. (laughs) Yeah. And Don, I actually haven't, I don't think I've ever done what you've just suggested, like calling back to like, Hey, last year, like I sent this in or like whatever, or like loved auditioning for that show last year. Like love your season this year. Like, yeah, Yeah. that's so great. Cause then it's like, Hey, I'm not some rando. Like I want to work for you. This is my second or third time, like reaching out to you. Yeah. And you're keeping tabs. You're keeping tabs on them. I think that's important. Like the companies that I'm most interested in are the ones that I'm most interested in. Like I've been following you on Instagram. I've been watching what you're doing. Like I actually care what you're doing and what you're up to. And if someone really wants to work for flag shakes, I know because they've come across my desk this many times or whatever, like you start to see people, which actually brings me to my next question. Mm -hmm. And then we're, we're, we're going over on time. So we should (laughs) wrap it up soon. This could be a whole podcast, like in and of itself. 
That like, was a loopy, <laughs> so we should do like a part two. But is it worth yeah. continuing to audition for a company who hasn't hired you? Like there are some companies that I've auditioned for like, you know, eight or nine years in a row that I've never gotten anything from. And I just kind of keep mm-hmm. submitting. What are your thoughts on that? I absolutely think so. Um, because, well, one, just because somebody was in, was casting last year, doesn't mean that they're in the same position. Like it could be new people. It, like, you know, like turnover happens in this business. I say definitely, especially if it's a company that you really want to work for, because, yeah. and if it is the same person who's in the room, then it's the more chances that they're seeing you. And I think that's yeah. saying like, you could be like the best actor, but not right for that specific role or that casting. Like, you know, like, oh, they wanted somebody shorter or they wanted somebody taller and you were great, but you're six foot, you know, like just the more times that I think you can get in front of somebody. And like, of course, like being your authentic self and like, oh, Blake just came into the Zoom. Hi, baby. Like, um, yeah, like I think like, (laughs) (laughs) yay um I mean I absolutely think you should audition for the same company you should audition for whatever you want to audition for even if it's been a couple years and you're not being cast from them yeah Yeah. because I just think like the more times you can get in front of somebody like in the right way like at an audition and stuff the better yeah, totally. Which I think I inherently knew the answer, but it can be very discouraging. Cause like sometimes yeah. you're just like, okay, well clearly they don't want me. Like I, why am I continuing to send something to someone if they're not like returning? But I do mm-hmm. think it's true. Like it only would help, you know? Yeah. Um, Persistence. <laughs> persistence yeah which Don said like you know my persistence is what got me into this company which yeah I will say like sometimes you just need to bug someone and it it works yeah yeah I mean tap on the door yeah Yeah. so don't don't see it as bugging them just see it as like you're you're actually helping yeah Yeah. (laughs) like had some big thoughts He waved. He did a big wave. Look, it's Becky. There's the <laughs> guest star of the episode. Hi, buddy. Um, yeah, I totally agree with Becky. I think keep auditioning because also, like I said, like I've said a lot of times, it shows that you're really interested in the company, right. and that goes a long, long way for me. So, yeah, as a, totally. as a person who's doing casting. Well, I feel like we have so much more to say. Like we didn't even cover headshots, resumes, actual like email etiquette, how you walk in the room, how you check it. Like we didn't really get to any of that. I feel like we mostly focused on like how to do a good audition, but we didn't really touch base on like all of the extraneous items. The before and after. (laughs) Yeah, we always say this, but let's try to do a follow-up episode on this because I think that it's just something that actors need to hear. And um, we need to remind ourselves of good habits. And sometimes you just need to, because I mean, auditioning is what we do. Like it's so big. It's such a big yeah. part of our industry. Um, and it's definitely yeah. like probably the hardest part of our industry. So 
let's try to loop back but um we wish you all the best of luck this audition season and actually i guess this would be a plug um our auditions for flag shakes um are coming up we are announcing them asap but it's looking like end of february right now so keep an eye out on the socials and stuff and if you're interested in auditioning for flag shakes um that is when we will be auditioning but that was lovely that was a really great chat and it makes me invigorated to work on my pieces (laughs) thanks for listening to this month's episode of untamed shrews i'm becky and i'm hannah and dawn just left the zoom because she had to go with her baby (laughs) interwebs (laughs) and babes (laughs) Join us next time in February for episode 26. Follow <laughs> Untamed Shrews on Instagram at Untamed Shrews Podcast and on the Flag Shakes web and on the Flag Shakes website. All episodes <laughs> of Untamed Shrews can be found wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on sunsounds.org and the Flag Shakes YouTube. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave us a review, put us in your Instagram stories, donate at flagshakes.org slash donate, or DM us about becoming a podcast sponsor help support the shrew crew this episode of untamed shrews starring don tucker becky zaritsky and hannah fonts show art by calliope ludecker podcast theme song by Caden slam podcast produced and edited by hannah fonts presented by flagstaff shakespeare festival and recorded with sun sounds of arizona and of course a huge special thank you to our audio engineer gina buyers yay thank you gina bye you're welcome bye guys